Like you should do what you need to do. You should work hard at figuring out ways not to work hard. That's how you get further. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Vijay Siva. Vijay has a bachelor's degree in math and computer science from the University of Toronto, and his previous experience includes working as a developer at EventMobi, as well as a software engineer at Drop, a Toronto tech startup that rewards you for shopping at your favorite brands. Vijay currently works at Instacart, and I'm super excited to have him on this podcast to hear about his experience working at a startup versus his experience working at a bigger company. Thanks for joining me today, this early morning, Sunday morning. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I've written like a bunch of questions down that I'm like, man, I think Vijay would be the right person to ask this stuff to. So thanks for joining me. Hey, what's up? (laughs) So I'm going to ask, or I'm going to start by asking you to tell like me and our listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, what are you, what's, what have you been up to? Like, like, what's your story? Basically, what's the spice to your life? What's the spice to my life? I don't know. My life is not that interesting. It's a, well, that interesting is nonsense. To me, you know, it's service there, but I don't know. I'm a software engineer at Instacart. Uh, working from home. I work remote with the SF team. See, what am I up to nowadays? I read, I gym, I work, and I sleep. That's about it. And then occasionally <laughs> I respond to uh, Shuba's posts on IG. <laughs> Thanks. So, so appreciated. You're like one of the like three people out of like my 500 followers that like actually like says something or responds or like engages with my platform. Much it's the engagement metrics. I'm trying to boost it up. So when you become <laughs> famous, then I'm like, yo, it's like, I helped. Oh my gosh. I, I, I will remember you. Don't worry. Let's, we're just banking on that famous part. What is something that people might be surprised to learn about you and this is something that we could not necessarily like search up about you on linkedin or yeah what's like something what's a secret something someone would be surprised to learn about me i when i was uh, in elementary school i played three instruments <laughs> i played okay. the baritone the trombone and trumpet but then oh. i don't play any music at all anymore like i have no musical bones in my body anymore so most people wouldn't know that oh that's that like is a random thing no, I like that. That's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, I'll probably um, and- never play again, to be honest. It's too expensive. Like, I'm not trying to buy a baritone. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, but how did you play all this stuff? You, like, you did oh, it at it school? Like, yeah, it was like rich people would subsidize my school's instruments. They would, like, donate to us, and then we would play the instruments. Oh, so you, so you like, have shared instruments? Yeah. You, you, get your, you get your own mouthpiece, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, that is... That's like such a school thing. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, we have your own mouthpiece. That if you don't uh, buy it, you have to share with other people, which is kind of nasty. But you clean it. Uh, uh, I don't think you can do that during COVID. I'd assume so. You don't think I what? I think you can play instruments with a mask on in school now. <laughs> no, I don't. Th- I think now there's probably like a pause on the instrument playing. Oh, 
but that is interesting. Thank you for sharing. So I'm going to jump into like the gist of this episode, which is like, as you said, you're like a software engineer at Instacart. What inspired you or like motivated you to get into computer science? Because like, that's how we met, like through our mutual friend, because you went to University of Toronto, you're doing computer science. I met you and your other computer science friends. Um, so like what inspired you or what motivated you to get into the field? Like what made you first think of like, you know, getting into this industry? Like what's the story behind that? Yeah, so a lot of it was kind of luck, I would say. Like, uh, in high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. Like, every, like, two months, I would change. But then grade 10, I was like, oh, by grade 11, I need to pick up my courses or I can't go to university for what I want. So then I just Googled, like, happiest jobs. And then it was no! like... No! <laughs> well, oh, my God. Did computer science pop up for happiest so jobs? Number two was mathematician. Number one was gardener, but I don't want to garden, so... <laughs> I think number two is mathematician. I'm good at math and apparently people are happy doing it. Why not? So I wanted to study math. But then while I was um, up trying to get into that field, I was like doing more research on like, what jobs do I get with a math degree? And so it's either you become a professor or you're unemployed. So I was like, okay, let, let me add an extra field that's related to math. So I was like, computer science or finance. Finance has too many of those bros. Like I don't want to deal with those waste men. So I was like, computer science. And then I already knew how to code at the time because I used to like make my own games. So I was like, okay, wow. this kind of relates to math. Let me study computer science. And then when I went to university, like it was a lot different than I expected it to be. I thought it would be only about the coding, but most of my computer science courses were like math courses, which is kind of interesting. But even now I barely use math in my actual career, but that's, that was the starting point, math. Wow, I feel very cheated because I feel like you started that off being like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you're like, oh, but I actually like low key code on the side. Like I do my I feel like that was extremely deceiving, but interesting story. Like, did you at any point ever? So like you did you like math before, like before looking up like, oh, happiest jobs or whatever? Did you like have an affinity for math? Like it was something that you were like, OK, I want this to be in like I want to keep doing this. And math was something I was always good at, just like naturally compared to other courses. Like I wasn't so good at other courses, but math just came easier. So then I was like, well, let me do a field that's kind of naturally, that I'm naturally good at. Okay. So I kind of wanted to do that. So like, I know that like when I was in high school, like I also kind of wanted to be an engineer. Well, I didn't really want to be an engineer. I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do either. And I was like doing decently in school. So my parents were like, let's become an engineer. And I was like, okay. And then when I got into it, like when I took like, like physics, chemistry and math for like my grade 11 and 12, like subjects or whatever to like specialize in, that was where I realized, okay, maybe this is not something I want to do. So I know that I didn't get into it, into it because I was super apprehensive of like the math aspect. So what do you have to say to someone who's interested in the field? They want to be an engineer, but they're like, I don't know if my math skills are good enough. Like they're worried about their math skills. It depends on the type of engineering you want to go into. So like the type of math that you need for engineering is actually the type of math I'm not good at. So the type of math engineering wants is like computations and you kind of memorize certain uh, formulas and then you just like kind of use them. But then I studied like pure math, which is like the opposite is that you don't memorize anything. You kind of, I don't know, it's like this theoretical stuff that you never use in real life. So I guess for most people for an engine that want to join engineering, but are scared of math, I think it would depend on the type of engineer you want to be. I think computer science, you can definitely do without math. Like you kind of struggle in university, but actually getting a job, I don't think your math skills is going to help you too much. Cause like, most of programming is not like mathematical problem solving. It's how do I write this code that other people can understand it? And like, I'm going to write this code and then some other engineer is going to look at it tomorrow. How are they going to read it? 
which has nothing to do with math. It's more okay. like English and communication than it is math. And will like not being a fan of like science or anything like that be your problem? Like, what if I don't like physics? Because I know that those are like some of your like required courses and stuff. Uh, for computer science, you don't need physics. You just need um, well, you have to do calculus first year, and you need to do like a few other like theoretical computer science courses, which a lot most of my like peers don't like, but then they're doing fine in software engineering. So I think even if you don't like math, you just kind of had to like push through it as this, this is the shitty part of the job. And then once you're done your degree, uh, you don't really need to touch it ever again. But I think math is like really fun in my opinion, at least like if, as long as you think about it in the right way, like most professors teach it the wrong way. And they teach us like, this is like the principles of math that some random white guy in the 1700s wrote and you have to follow it. But math is not about that. It's about how do you solve it with your own way, like your own creativity. So when you get to university math, if you solve a problem in the way in which they didn't teach, no one's going to dock you marks for it. They're going to like just give you perfect message. That's like the best type of math. You can solve it however you want to. But I think the math people are taught in school is like, I have this teacher who's not so good at math. They're teaching me math and I have to do exactly the formulas they teach me and nothing else. And I don't understand why I'm learning it. So there's, there's still hope, even like if I wanted to, not that I'm going to, my parents are listening to this probably, but like not that I'm going to get into it, but there's still hope. I don't have to be like a math genius. Yeah, you don't have to be. Like, I think most of my colleagues that are, I think most of my colleagues that are the best engineers I know are not good at math at all. Okay, that's reassuring. And I like how you mentioned that like, it doesn't, like the bottom line is like basically how you creatively approach something. So in the interest of like computer science and like, you know, the whole like math and problem solving aspect, what if somebody were to think like, I don't know if I like, am creative enough for this career? Like, would that be like a deal breaker? Like how creative does one have to be to like succeed in like this profession or like in your profession? It really depends on like which area of software engineering you're on. But I think for the most part, you don't have to be, like you don't have to be, uh, I don't know, some like crazy Mozart type, the Mozart version of computer science. Like you just have to be creative enough to just think like, I'm making this application, how do I form it? in like a nice way like how do I design my program in a way that's like elegant like it, it doesn't take that much creativity I think and a lot of it's like patterns you'll read from other books I use google stuff I think I learned more from google than I did in my degree I was like when I get a problem you can google it and there's like nice elegant solutions that some other person wrote and then it's kind of just using that the big question does where you go to school for this stuff matter yes and no so like the unfortunate answer is yes but like for bad reasons so there's just like a bias towards certain universities. So like in Canada, at least everyone I know that went to Walu or U of T didn't have that hard of a time finding a job. But I know people who went to like Mac or other universities that are perfectly fine and they struggled like at, at U of T, like Facebook, Google, whatever, would just come and like recruit us. Like no one went to Mac, according to my friends, at least like at the career fairs, they said like barely any companies came to them. So like I had friends who felt like they were very disadvantaged from it at Mac. Maybe other people that are, I don't know, listening disagree, but um, in terms of actually being good at software engineering, there's like no difference in my opinion. I think it's probably better to kind of go after like people that went to the other universities because they're undervalued. So I guess from a business perspective and kind of a scummy way, you can get them for cheaper than they're worth. But <laughs> like in terms of skill level, like there's no difference, but in terms of perception from companies, there is. Okay, guys. So it's, it's it matters when I guess like it matters if like 
big companies like Facebook and Google and like Microsoft or whatever are like your target company. So like as somebody in your industry, like if I wanted to get into those big companies, I guess that's where it would matter more. Is that what what you're saying? Or like if I wanted to get into like a startup, it's like wouldn't matter as much. Yeah. Startups don't care. Like they can't, they don't have any money. Like they're too picky. Like I, I don't know. I worked for three years before I even finished my degree. Because um, I left school kind of like temporarily and then finished part time. But then I don't think Facebook, Google, Microsoft would ever allow that. They would like go finish your degree and come back. Oh, I remember you saying that. But I thought you just worked like you also did aside from like working part time, you did PEY, which is like paid experience for a year, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did PEY, which is. Um, but then I left early. Like I just quit that because it's like 16 months and I just left at like 12 months because okay. I wanted to drop full time. And then I was working full time and I would go to school part time. Well, I never went to class anyway. So it was like, it's debatable whether I studied part time. It's more like <laughs> I took days off to do my exams. So in our past like exchanges, you've told me that you approach like your career a little different from other people. Is this is what you're talking about? Or could you like elaborate a little bit more? Oh, I guess one thing is I think people undervalue luck and overvalue hard work to a certain extent. I'm not saying like hard work doesn't matter, but um, like, I don't know, my dad worked like 60, 70 hours in like a restaurant all his life. He never made more than 35K in his life. So you like, you tell like hard work is not directly correlated to success in that way. I sit at a desk all day and then like, I'm making much more than 35K. So I think, uh, and then in terms of luck, people undervalue how much luck is involved. Like me being in Canada, for example, is already a lot of luck. I could have born, been born in, Sri Lanka in a war-turn time, like 25-year civil war during genocide and tsunami. Like I would not be a software engineer if I was born there. My parents just decided to come to Canada because my dad was working on a cargo ship and he's like left. Oh <laughs> and then gosh. came to Canada because of, he came as like a refugee. So like that is a lot of luck in that and then Canada accepting us. Me finding my first job was really lucky. Like I was actually, oh, I guess funny story I could tell is for my very first job, my interview, I was late by five hours. Oh my yeah. gosh. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Tell me more. I don't know how you got this job yeah, so then. <laughs> this, this is an honest mistake. So I, this is like my first time applying for jobs. So I like, I had like a hotmail email. So like, I can't use this. Let me make a new email. I made like a professional Gmail or whatever. But then the default calendar settings, GMT time. So he sent me an email. It's like, here's the calendar invite. And it said like, oh, 2 p.m. I was like, okay, I'll go there at 2 p.m. It was 2 p.m. GMT. So I was five oh, hours behind. Oh, and I got really lucky because the, my manager, well, he wasn't a manager at the time that was scheduling interviews. He was like a nice guy and he understood. I showed him the calendar. I was like, no, like I try to try to get a job. I'm not trying to be unemployed like here. <laughs> and he, the next day he just emailed me at like 8.30. He's like, you want to come in at 9.30? And then I just went in and then got the job. Every stage of my career, there's like a lot of luck involved in the things that happened. Like even Instacart, like the first week I joined, the stock price went up under like nothing. I didn't do anything, but then my salary goes up instantly because the stock price went up. So that <laughs> yeah. was just luck. If I joined like two weeks later, my salary would have been 20% lower. I know you still value hard work. Like you're an yeah. overachiever. Like you still, like, I know you're a very disciplined hard worker anyways i mean i believe in hard work too right you got to be sincere and passionate and of course you got to actually put in the work and the hours to do stuff of course you got to work smart too but at the same time like i feel like yes luck is important but at the same time like don't like isn't there this saying that it's like the harder you work the luckier you are so isn't that like what do you have to say about that yeah so i think uh, that's true so i think the part about 
I guess most of what I said about luck wouldn't be useful to someone. I'm just kind of like saying luck is more important than people think. But there is the aspect of you can increase your luck by working hard. Um, but I think the aspect, in turn, at least specifically in software engineering, you should focus on trying not to work hard. Like you should do what you need to do. You should work hard at figuring out ways not to work hard. That's how you get further. So like I can automate my tasks. I, I code. I'm sitting at a computer all day. I'm like doing this manual work all day. I'll just like write a script for it. That's like, I'm doing it because I'm lazy, but it makes me more efficient at the job. Or like even at drop is like, I'll get random 5 p.m. requests for like, oh, we have a partner who wants to do custom audiences. We didn't have a way of doing that. So like one random Sunday, I just built the system and they never bothered me again. But everyone's like, oh, VJ built this cool system for us. And then I got like lots of kudos for doing it. But like I did it because I was lazy, not because I was like <laughs> trying to, I wanted people to stop bothering me at 5 p.m. But then even like, um, I don't know, performance reviews, that came up as good feedback for me. He's like, oh, he went out of his way on a Sunday to do work. I was like, I just want you to stop bothering me at 5 p.m. Oh my gosh, like, I love this this humble brag. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say, you should work hard at trying to figure out how not to work hard. Like I like that. So like habits, for example, are like the epitome of not working hard. Like the whole point of a habit is you don't have to think about doing it. So like while you're trying to like be healthy, like you just like make habits and then you don't have to think about it. But then now you're successful and everyone's like, wow, you work so hard. And it's like, not really. I just created a bunch of habits. But you do have to work hard to stick to your habits though. That, that has, that's where some effort comes in, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's hard work in creating the habits. So yeah, that's partially true. I create, you work hard at creating certain habits, but after that, it's like you just do nothing and then things just move. Work hard at not working hard. Yes, work hard at not working hard. Okay, so interesting. So speaking of like Drop and Instacart, so for everybody listening, if you don't already know, Instacart is a, it's a company that operates as like a grocery delivery and pickup service. So it's basically like Uber Eats, but except instead of like picking up and delivering food, you pick up and deliver like retail products, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep. And this is like applicable to like the States and Canada. So before that, you were also at this other company called Drop, which is like an app or like a tech company that basically you earn like points and rewards by shopping via the app. Am I, am I correct with that? Yeah. As well? Okay. <laughs> I had like Drop for like a week. It's so funny. Like I've asked you to refer me to roles at Drop so many times and every single time I apply, I'm like, okay, let me create the account just in case like the recruiter reaches out to me. So I have like backup where I can be like, oh, I use the app. And then I never, I never get called back. So I, I delete it after a week. But anyways, what is my point? My question here is like, what is something about working in like tech or like working in these companies that you would like to debunk? Oh yeah, this is a, I was thinking about this before because I think you kind of gave me like a hint at this would be a question. I would think, I don't know, I think most of people's, what people might think are misconceptions are actually true. Like there's nothing I want to debunk. So like if your assumption is like a lot of tech is like these tech bros, you're right. Like I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh no, we're all these like humble guys. Like there are a few. And if you work at the right companies or like, oh, it's not a sexist industry. It definitely is. Like all these <laughs> things are true. Like there's all these people trying to lie and like, oh yeah, tech is moving and changing, which it is, but it's still so behind. Like, I don't know if you ever read Super Pumped, which is Uber's book, like the nonsense that was going on in that yeah, Uber. Like that's- Oh, the, like the workplace harassment or like some type of sexual harassment type stuff that was happening? Yeah, there's like sexual harassment type stuff. And then uh, like all the other things they did outside of that, like 
how they were stalking Lyft employees and things like this because they're competitors. So like a lot of tech is kind of that kind of scumminess, but then there is other than other side to it as well. But like, I think it's the exception and not the rule I would say, which is unfortunate. So I guess most things that you might think might be misconceptions or like, oh, maybe VJ will say this is a misconception. No, they're probably true. <laughs> I don't well, know, like, I, if you had any observations you wanted me to chime in? Like a stereotype, like I, I just feel like, no offense, like to me, like something that I associate with like, oh, somebody that like works, uh, somebody that's doing your job, like a computer science dude or like a software engineer or whatever, is like, I don't know, they're kind of boring. Or like their work is boring. <laughs> that's just what I associate it to. No offense. Like work being, the work being boring is like relative to the person. Like I find my job really fun. I can also see why someone else would find it not fun. Like I find like my brother's in digital marketing. I found that so boring. But then you're digital marketing, you love it. <laughs> yeah. like I think that's like a preference thing. Um, but then the thing about people being boring, I guess, it depends. I think a lot of them are just introverted. So they don't really show anything interesting about them but once you get to know them they're like a lot of interesting people and they have like crazy hobbies or I don't know like tech people they tend to have a lot of money that they don't know what to do with so they tend to have like weird random hobbies which like I find interesting at least I don't really have any weird hobbies I think uh I don't know but (laughs) okay no I agree with that I agree with the part of like what do you call them having weird hobbies because of the excess excessive amount of cash that you have like my brother's into like some weird woodworking stuff it's just like it's so random it's like okay but it's but at the same time it's like okay I mean like you can afford to do this stuff so like also I read somewhere that like science students are like usually attracted to like puzzles like in the same way that like lawyers are usually like into politics what are your thoughts on that like is puzzle solving or like that type of stuff is that an important affinity to have and why or why not I think it really depends. So like there's a lot of engineer, there's like different types of engineers. Like there's one is a stereotypical, like, oh, I'm like a coding problem solver engineer. And they tend to keep moving up as like an individual contributor. But Wait, is, like that, of, is that you? I don't know yet. Like I'm trying to figure <laughs> it out. But uh, there's also another type of engineer who's like more about organizational, like how do I make the team better? Like they go into management essentially. If you're trying to be an individual contributor, that puzzle solving aspect is like very helpful. Um, but then if you're trying to go into like the management route, which a lot of people tend to go, it's less important. Like it's important in a certain way because like you're solving problems about people, uh, puzzles about people, but then puzzles about people don't fall on the same type of thing as like mathematical puzzles. Mathematical puzzles have like really strict rules and you can think about logic. People problems are not about logic. <laughs> so it's like very different. So I think whether you are a puzzle solver or not, there's still a way in the industry. There's just like a, I think there's a base level of programming all you need to know to like get into the field. But once you're there, like whatever your affinities are, you just like focus on that and you can move in one of those two directions. Okay. And you said that you find your job fun. Like, okay, what is like, tell us more. What is the most fun thing about your job? What do you enjoy the most? What part do you like the least as well? Most thing I like the most is like, it's new every day. Well, not every day, but um, it changes very often. So even when I started, I was like doing full stack role, which is front end development and back end development. I don't know if um, everyone knows the difference. Front end, like the e-basic way of describing is front end is the code that runs on your device, like on your phone, on your browser, which tends to be the code that like how things look. And the back end is like the random processing that happens in the background, payments, stuff like that. So I was doing mainly that. When I went to drop, I did no front end ever again. 
And now at um, Instacart, I don't even have I don't even have a user facing role at all. Like I do, I build tools for other engineers in a way. Like I'm on the infrastructure team. So like even in the past three jobs, my job has been totally different. Um, so that's like the funnest part. Like it's always different. So it's always something fun and new to learn. The worst part, uh, I guess there's a certain amount of, let's say maintenance type work that's not so fun. It's like, oh, I built this, or this random person built this thing a year ago, go fix that bug. And it's like, oh, oh okay. page duty, page duty is the worst thing. Yes, that's definitely the worst thing. The page duty is when oh, all, all, everyone in tech, they're exempt from overtime um, pay. That's just like part of Canada's laws. So we are on page duty. So if anything happens wrong with the system, it'll just get paged any time of the day. And it's even worse because I'm an Instacart, so they're an SF. What is SF? Oh, San, San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> so the entire clock of the systems are working three hours behind. So I'll get paged at like random times of the day. I'll get paged at like 12 a.m., but it's 9 p.m. in San Francisco. So yeah, page duty is definitely the worst. You'll get paged at any time of the day. The Russian hackers only decide to do like run bots on your system at 3 a.m. They never do it during the day. They only do it at night. Because <laughs> that's when they know everybody's going to be sleeping. Yeah, it's not a fun time. I was, occasionally, there's like some ethical hackers that stop at 8 a.m. So at least they like give me a break. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it sounds like pager duties. Like you're just kind of like on call. Yeah, it's on call. Yeah. And this is like 24-7? Uh, this shifts. So just like oh, any okay. other type of schedule. And if you're at a startup, it's a lot worse because your startup, like you'll have only a few people working. So like, I don't know, I drop on our early days. The schedule is like... We have a primary, a secondary, and then a tertiary. But then our backend team was like five people. So like you're almost always on on-call. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a bad oh, time. But a larger company is scheduled more spread out because it's more people. Dang. I feel like also the tech sphere and like education in general like keeps evolving. So how do you stay up to date with everything that's changing? All like the new stuff is happening. Like this whole iOS 14 stuff that we talked about like a couple of weeks ago. Like how, how do you... Keep yourself up to date. 20 to 30% of my time is actually spent on that at the job because I'm always kind of following different newsletters and following different news on new technologies. But then also we have like an education budget that I take advantage of. So like I'm always reading like at any given time, there's like a certain type of uh, thing I'm trying to learn. So that's how I keep up to date. So it's like reading, following newsletters, um, networking, things like that. I'm so glad that you use the word networking. So I feel like when you work in corporate or like when you work in media or like in my industry, like in digital marketing or just like the business world in general, in general, everybody is so groomed into networking and going to this event and that event. And I'm not just not trying to say that that doesn't happen in like the world of like tech or science or computer science or engineering or whatever, but how important is networking in your industry i think networking is important in every industry like more important than people realize like a lot of your job offers in the future might come from that it'll come from recommendations from working somewhere like even like a lot of the ideas i get from about like what to do at a job so like i have friends who work at a bunch of different companies like twitter facebook microsoft whatever i see some new problem i used to ask them like well what does your team do with this problem and they've thought about it a lot longer I have. So they give me like a really good solution. Then I implement it at Instacart and we do it vice versa. So like your network helps you a lot in like your own career in terms of like actual on the job. And if you're actually trying to leave or like um, that helps a lot too. Like I think, I don't know, I got referrals from like all my friends when I was trying to find jobs. I didn't take all of them because like, I don't know, I don't want to interview everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, so networking is super important. But then I think some people take networking like the wrong way. 
at least especially the people who are trying struggling to find a job they're going into networking um before they have like a reason to network like the reason to network is just to get a job it kind of turns people off to a certain extent like for example i was doing like different drop had like their open house and things like that people would come in just for the purpose of that and they start talking to me in like a weird strange way and they're like oh we should get like dinner and drinks i was like i don't know you like <laughs> oh my gosh so i guess it's like a balance to networking too I think going to events about topics you actually care about and networking through that is like a good way of doing it because you're going to find like-minded people. But if you're going in networking just for the sake of like, I don't know, this very specific, I'm trying to find a job, I don't really care about this person, but they're my way in. Uh, I don't know, that, that part's not so fun and probably doesn't work that well. No, I agree with you. Like I 100% like, cause like when you, when you think about it from your own perspective, it's like, you would not want to give, like if somebody just came in, up to you and just spoke to you just so that the, the final ask can be like, oh yeah, can you like refer me for this job at your company? It's like, you're going to be like, whoa, like that was douchey. Like that was sly and douchey. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't know you. So 100, like I totally resonate with that where like, why not if, like what I do is like, or like what I did, I mean, I still do it is like, if I'm looking like, for example, if I want to work at Instacart, as opposed to like going in and asking, speaking to the recruiter or like the manager of the department that I'm interested in, just being like, Hey, my name is Shiva, blah, blah, blah. Here's my resume. Like, instead of that, like what I would do is like introduce myself. It's like, I know we've never had a chance to connect or work with each other, but I've heard great things about your team from like Vijay, my friend who works here. I would love to just chat with you about what do you call like I basically go in with like asking questions. It's less about job. It's more just about like this is where I am in my industry. I would love your expertise. And that way you're at least like building a connection, you're building a relation. And then of course, if the person likes you or, you know, if, if this is somebody that you gelled when you're like, okay, I can see myself going to this person as a mentor. Then of course, like the ask would be like eventually, or if they really liked you as well, because they're like, yeah, she's not trying to suss a job out of me, then I'm sure they would refer you anyways. But I feel like the goal should always be like, I want to learn from you. I want to learn how you got to your position, how you're successful. Like I want to be you as opposed to, I want this job from you. Yeah. I think that's a good way of going about it. But then I also occasionally, I feel bad for some people and I just like refer them. It's like people message me on LinkedIn. It's like, yo, you guys have a job opening for this. Can you refer me? And I was like, I feel bad for this guy. It's COVID. Let me just refer him. <laughs> oh my God. It does I... work. I'm not going to hate on someone for doing it. It's really hard being unemployed. But it's kind of annoying when it happens to you all the time, I would say. <laughs> oh my God. Now I feel so bad. I've asked you so many times. <laughs> it's like, I actually know you. But these are people I don't know. Oh, I, you're, I don't know. I have, like, I feel like that happens to you more because you work at, like, a better company. Like, the only one person that ever straight up just, like, did that, like, the whole douchey thingy was, like, um, some random person that was, like, going to my school. Like, I went to York, and she reached out to me, and she was, like, oh, like, I saw that you also went to York, and, and so-and-so person, like, our mutual friend told me to message you. So, and then she asked me, like, a few questions, and then, obviously, at the bottom, she was, like, I'm looking for so-and-so role. Do you know anything? So, I gave her, like, this whole, because I was inspired also from my own long history of searching for a job, I was, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is what you should do. This is what I did. I gave her this, like, long-ass, like, paragraph in response, and I even told her, here's a link to the careers page. If a role speaks out to you, let me know. I'll refer you. This lady left me on read. Like, <laughs> ever since then, I'm like, okay, if, you, if I don't know you personally, personally, like, if you're not somebody that I've had an actual conversation with, then, like, I'm not going to invest my time. Like, I would rather you put in the effort. Like, now I've learned my lesson. If somebody reaches out to me like that, I'm just going to be like, here's my number. 
whenever you're free, like I'll toss you some times that are available for me and we can chat. And that, like, I'm like, they got to put in the effort. Like, that's also so like, here I am giving, pouring out my heart, giving you advice on how to achieve your goals and you leave me on read. I'm so salty, <laughs> clearly. And, oh, one hot tip though, is like if you know someone who works at a company that has a referral bonus, just ask them that they're willing to refer you. Like if, if someone, if someone I didn't know asked me and I think they're like, I don't know, they might be competent. I'll just refer them because I get 5k if they get hired. So like, I'm not going to give up 5k. That's a, oh my gosh, that's a hefty bonus. Yeah. Engineers are, there's a shortage of engineers in Toronto or in Canada and US for at the moment. Um, so it's like, it costs a lot to just hire. Oh man, dang. Oh, you know, I always keep thinking to myself, like, I'm so, like, I don't regret any of my decisions, but then like when we're in like places when I'm having conversations with people like you and I'm just thinking like, man, it would have been so useful to be an engineer and not to a woman engineer. Cause I know those are on demand right now because of the lack yeah, of diversity. <laughs> so I'm just like, God must be nice. But this brings me to a question that I've, I've talked about this with like my brother, who's also a software engineer or whatever, electrical computer engineer. And my boss who she's the like director of data analytics and so basically like my role is like super into like search engine marketing um and you know like i'm pretty sure you're familiar with it so you know how we put on like we post like pixels on our website and stuff like that to track conversions so i was telling my brother about this and basically i feel like he's just telling me this because he's a computer engineer but he was like oh you should learn how to code like just like learn basic uh, I think he told me to learn Java, but I was like, okay, I'll do SQL, which is, what is SQL? Standard query language, which is basically a type of language, right? So our whole debate is that like, he refer he tells me to learn it because he's like, it's like the new driver's license. Like you don't need it, but like, it'll help you do your job so much better if you learn it. But on my end, I'm like, is this really necessary? Like, yes, I understand that. And like, I feel like it would make me like, all the more of an attractive candidate for like future roles for like future like analysts or like even just like general like marketing roles because it's like oh like she she does like search engine marketing and she does this other stuff on the side but like what are your thoughts on that like how important do you think or how impressive of learning like multiple like coding languages or whatever it, do you think it would be in in general for anybody yeah, I guess first I'll answer for people who don't know how to code and then, I'll, then I can answer the second one for people who already know how to code. So first, I think it's debatable whether it's useful for that person. Like it's, like it's, I don't know, one principle of like the all time, there's no one size fits all solution. So if I just say everyone should learn how to code, like you'll obviously trivially find one person who doesn't even know how to code. Um, so it's hard to just generalize that way. But I think for a lot of jobs, it could be useful. So if I was like a salesperson, investing in SQL would be very useful because like, even when I worked at Drop, it was like a lot of um, the business department, they didn't know how to query their own data. So they'd have to ask engineers, but engineers have to do other stuff. So they're waiting like two hours for me to respond to them. But if they knew how to just query themselves, like it goes a lot easier. So like, for example, if I was a business person who needs to do analysis on like my own data to sell, like SQL is going to be really useful. Um, in digital marketing, it's hard. Like I think front end basic stuff might help. For example, like um, this person's website, I'm trying to add some meta tag, just like knowing how to look through the HTML and knowing what to look for is probably useful. Um, understanding the way Google's like search engine works. Like you don't need to code to know that, but you need to have understanding of like how front end or the website works. 
and then maybe to like automate your own tasks if you're doing manual work might be useful but i wouldn't say it's like necessary i think there's a certain amount of understanding you should know about programming no matter what job you're in for the most part because you probably interact with some way, some way somehow but i wouldn't say you need to know how to code um, but it's also just like i think it's fun so i think you should people should just try it on like a random weekend and if you don't like it just never do it again but if you like it you can continue on it's a fun time and for people who already know how to code uh learning multiple languages i think it's important to un it's not about how many languages you know it's like the type of language you know so like two main paradigms of programming languages one is like um procedural object oriented so like java c++ um all those type of languages and then there's functional programming which is like it's not a newer paradigm but it's more popular recently than compared to um before uh, so i think it's under it's important to at least understand one of each type so for example like oh you might know um java to just to learn the procedural static program language but then to learn functional i'll do like haskell on the side or i might do like i don't know javascript supports both so you can do functional or object oriented so you can do both but it is not that important to understand like every programming language like at instacart um like for like right now i'm doing mainly python and my last job i didn't touch python at all but then i just picked it up in like i don't know an hour two hours it's like very similar wow oh okay like every language is once you know the two like the base paradigms of the, the two types i said you can pick up any other language that's similar to that it's not like languages in english or like or like actual languages where very all these languages have different bases and you can think of it as like if you have a latin base like spanish to french is like a smaller transition than like english to french so it's like kind of like that but then i don't know language are, is a lot more complicated than programming languages i like that answer i feel like also in the world of like data and science like you obviously like precision is very important and accuracy is super important. So say somebody comes in you're trying to build something for like your client or whatever. Like you mentioned like you built this like system or whatever like was it a dashboard that you built like you just built something for them? Custom audiences for Or so, okay sorry yeah you built a custom audience for like a client like you're doing that because you want to get like the exact data or like you want to you're doing something very specific and very targeted for your client. So I feel like in in your job in general like the goal is to like make it as like efficient as possible so was there a time that you did something or built something or made something that like you were like i don't know if this is like this is really what my boss is looking for but you did it and it kind of just worked out that way yes and no so like the goal is always to solve your users problem so like whether that's your boss or whether it's business partner whether it's actual like person use the app you just want to solve the problem for the most part like they don't care how you do it they just care that you solved it so a lot of times like i don't know uh, if you work at like more traditional companies your manager would be like you have to solve it this way and then you kind of screwed if you don't do it that way but i got a startup is like they don't care like they just want you to solve their problem um so all the time i would do that like someone would ask for this and you're kind of digging into like what do they actually want cuz most of the time like one thing that engineers hate is when people come to them with solutions but then a lot of time the solution they want doesn't even solve the problem they have so like you try to dig into what the problem is and then i just solve it a different way it's like a lot of the things uh, i did working in like eventmovi and drop a startup is like someone will ask for this i find out a non coding way to solve it and i just tell them to do that pretty much i don't know 90% of the time i usually don't do what's originally asked cuz it's usually like someone slacks me is like oh how do i do this then I ask why are you doing that and then they tell me and then it's like oh you can actually just do this instead so that's usually the way things go so i think 
me doing exactly what I'm asked of is like the exception, not the rule. Oh, I like that. Oh my gosh. Like that's something that I, I feel like not a lot of people do because like, even in like my last role, like we we're in a sales role. So like whenever the client asks us something or like customers, like, can you do this or whatever? Like they always like, we were always supposed to ask them like, okay, why do you want this? And that's something that like, as a human being, or at least like, as like somebody that's like you're as a salesperson or just in general, like even now, like when my manager or like my supervisor's like, can you do this? I don't ask why I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like you want me to do this? I'm going to do this. I feel like that's such, I like that. Like we should, I feel like all of us should remember to ask why more often because if you know why like there's probably like an easier way of doing it as opposed to like oh yeah i'm gonna follow the standard procedure but it's like if you know like oh why what's the end goal that you want and you're like oh wait you could have actually just done that through so-and-so way yeah because all, all people care about is like i'm trying to get the certain type of impact and then if you get that impact they don't really care how you do it well as long as you're not doing it like an unethical way but <laughs> then if you get the impact they want that's the way to go so you should focus on the outcome and not the output so like it's kind of, I don't know, for a certain extent, it relates back to working hard and not working hard. It's like, you can, I, can work, I can work really hard and solve or like build this thing for you. But if it doesn't do what you want, it doesn't matter. Or I can like find like a really easy way to solve your problem because I understand it. And then it's like, I have the impact I want and I didn't do anything. I like that. No, that's, I like that. Good. Noted. My own mental note. And I hope my listeners also noting. So you also use like a lot of like, brain power even though i know you know we're we just discussed that we're like trying to work hard to not work hard but you're still using a lot of brain power sitting at your desk like i know that you're in front of your screen a lot like how does this keep you from not getting like burned out like i don't know like i could never like i went to visit my brother last weekend he has like a new monitor and he has like literally like a setup of like three monitors and then you got your laptop in the middle and then your phone's right beside you and he has like the ipad on somewhere so it's like don't you, doesn't this like exhaust you? Like, I know you're not doing like manual labor. You're literally sitting at your desk, but like, doesn't that like, I don't know, doesn't that like demotivate you? Doesn't that make you be like, oh man, I'm so done with this. Like, I'm so done with coding this so-and-so thing today. Like, how do you keep up with that? I think to a certain extent, you said to know yourself on how to structure your work in a way in which like you don't get burnt out. Like, I don't know, for me, because we're working from home, it's like super flexible. So like, during meetings I can like walk and then like no one's gonna look at me because I just turn my camera off um so I still get like my daily exercise of the day so that helps a lot another thing is like I don't look at my phone during work at all and then like for example like I don't have any social media apps on my phone because like the notifications bother me so I, I only use the web app on the computer if I'm very if I'm getting tired of like a specific type of work at work like I kind of go back to like how do I not do this <laughs> So like I, I I focus on that a lot. If I don't like this this certain type of aspect of my work, I try to figure out a way not to do it. Sometimes you just have to do it anyways. But for me personally, burnout's never really been a problem because one is like I like my job and then I always structure it in a way in which I, I want it to work. So like if I always did the way of I'm gonna do exactly what I'm asked of and this what I'm asked to sucked, I'd probably hate my job. Me trying to be lazy has always helped me not burn out. <laughs> I feel like that's like such a common trait with like so many smart people. It's like, I'm just lazy. Like, so I'm just gonna find a super efficient way of doing stuff. But anyway, so I know I'm not trying to call you lazy. I know you're still like, you still have like a strong like work ethic. And I know your whole like outside life, outside career, healthy habits, self-care, like discipline, workout, eat right. I know you have, like, I know you're a disciplined person, but I wanted to get your thoughts on these two quotes that I read. Also just because like, I know that you are like, you're like 
you're a hard worker, right? You, you want to succeed at your job and you want to succeed in whatever it is that you do. So the first quote is, don't bite off more than you can chew, which like, I feel like we've all heard, but I recently heard a podcast where the guest said that the best advice she was ever given was bite off more than you can chew and chew as fast as you can. So on one hand, one would argue that like biting off more than you can chew leads to like, you know, not being able to focus on like any one thing because you're trying to juggle, like you're here trying to half-ass juggle all these other things. And on the latter, it would be like, I would rather bite off more than I can chew because like I would rather like choke on greatness and like too much than to like nibble on something small or like, you know, mediocrity. So like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? On those two mantras? On the context on what you're saying it. So like if you're saying don't bite off more than you can chew in terms of like, uh, I know a lot of my friends, they, they only apply to jobs they're perfectly qualified for. It's like, I think that's, you, you should always bite off more than you should. You should always apply to jobs you're not qualified for. Like, I don't think I've ever applied for a job I was fully qualified for. Um, because like, if you're fully qualified for it, you're probably being underemployed anyways. Or like, even in terms of like work, like you want to take the larger tasks because that's how you move up. Like if you take the easy tasks every time, like you're not going to move anywhere. You're just going to be stuck mid-level or junior or wherever you're at. So in that sense, you should always bite more than you chew. But bite is like, don't bite off more than you can chew. Also does apply in other contexts. Like for example, it's like, oh, I have to work this much this day. Um, then I have like these family arrangements and I do all these other things. Let me add another responsibility in there, but then you're just going to do all of them poorly because you don't have time to do them. Or like even within work is, um, I'm going to bite off more than I can chew with respect to this one basic task. But four more people ask me to do things. I'm not going to say yes to all four of them. So I don't know. I think it's very contextual in general on like what, like what, when is someone telling you to do that? I would say. And this is my final question before we head into the lightning round. What advice would you give to someone else who wants to build a career similar to yours? Going the startup route helped me a lot. Like one was the barrier to entry was lower because, well, they didn't even care. I didn't have my degree and I just like worked the entire time. And then they gave me a lot more responsibility than I would ever get at a different company. So I have friends who work at a lot of like really big companies. And then I would ask them for help when I was working at startups. Like, oh, what did you guys do for this? And he's like, oh, I don't know. My manager does that. Or like the staff engineer does that. But in your startup, it's like, we don't have staff engineers that we can't afford that. So it's like the people at the bottom are doing all everything. So like you're talking to the CEO, you're talking to like CRO or whatever to figure out what they want. So you get practice solving really important problems. Um, I think a lot of it is, it's a lot easier than people expect. Like if you just knock on random startups door, and then see what they're hiring for. They're kind of like willing to hire you. Um, so I think at least most of my engineer friends, like they focus on like large companies. They're like, oh, I want to get to Facebook, Google, Netflix, whatever. Um, but then there's like a lot of startups everywhere in like Toronto that are doing really cool stuff. Uh, so you can just walk into Mars. Mars is like um, on at Queens Park area. And there's like a lot of cool startups doing a lot. Or like even at U of T alone, like there's a lot of students that make their own startups. So you can just kind of Google on like angel list, like what are these companies like hiring for and just apply. And then I also just apply everywhere. Cause like for me, at least for my getting my first job, I applied to like a hundred jobs and then I got like interviews from like five. <laughs> so don't be too picky on like the companies you pick. Don't be like, my dream is to get this one company and they don't even reply to you because like you're one of the other million people that applied. I'm um, just like, 
go in like I want to get a job because uh, well my dream is to not be unemployed so that it's just lower your dreams a little bit oh my god that's yeah. so funny <laughs> but getting to startups to like apply everywhere um I don't know if you want to reach out to me for referrals you can reach out to random people I don't know like cuz I didn't really do anything to end startups I went to like a random career fair and then drop was in a corner so I'm like yo let me just talk to drop and that's what happened and then 3 year you were with them for 3 years also right Yeah, it was in 3 years. It's kind of crazy. Hey, even that luck was involved there. I was actually really hungry and I wanted to leave the career fair. My friends like, "No, talk to one more company." So I wanted to drop was the last company I talked to. I love it. stories like that. Dang, where it's like the it's like the the one thing that you never thought that you would have never expected like anything great to come from. That's where that's where like the magic happens. I love stories like that. I would say don't focus too much on your career too. Like I know a lot of people like a lot of the advice I got from like um some of my mentors is they focus too much on the career when they're younger and then now they're like 35 or whatever and they're like oh i wish i did xyz more cuz like oh now i have a family and kids and i can't do anything anymore or some nonsense like that so really figure out what you want to do and don't focus entirely on your career cuz i don't know when on your deathbed you're not going to be like my greatest accomplishment was working at instacart you're probably going to be like oh like my family my friends or like i did these i don't know philanthropy those are the things you're going to like kind of point to. Thank you for shedding some light on all of this. Now we're going to jump in. We're going to switch the questions up a little bit. Now we're going to go into the lightning round. It's time for the lightning round. Are you a morning person or night owl? Both. What's the best book you've ever you've ever read? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh I read a lot of books. Mm, I'll recency bias uh I just finished a fantasy series called Mistborn. It might be my favorite series. I'll take that. Would you rather be able to teleport or fly? Teleport. If you could magically become fluent in any language, which would it be? English. You're already What the heck? No, you have to pick again. You're already fluent in English. You said no thought involves. I started with a language. I don't know. Um Tamil. Like my Tamil's pretty bad. Yeah, that's a good one. But Tamil's like not fluent. It's like I can speak to my parents. Okay, I'll take that. Only because I've never heard you speak double, but I'm like, I don't know if that's a I don't I feel like that's like a I said the though I said Tamil the white way and you said Tamil. So that's because know. like I am original. Like I will never like I am so like what do you call? It? I like I speak Tamil so white, but like the one thing I will say that I will never succumb to saying is Tamil. Like I will always say Tamil. Like even my brother and I like, always argue about this cuz he also says Tamil and I'm like, "Hell no." Like I will say it the way it's I mean I'm not even saying it the true way but I'm like I will never say Tamil but like I still don't know how to speak Tamil but okay we'll go with that what is your favorite programming language Ruby Would you rather give up your smartphone or your computer Smartphone Would you rather be the funniest person in a room or the smartest person in the room Funniest person What's the strangest habit you have Oh, I'm very specific about the lighting in my room. I have the lighting perfect, and if it's not perfect, I'll spend my entire day trying to figure out how to make the lighting perfect. Oh, that that is very strange. Would you prefer if you could if you could have one snack for the rest of the your life, would it be popcorn or M&Ms? Popcorn. And now we're going to circle back to the best advice that you've ever received. Uh, be lazy. My life philosophy is about being lazy. <laughs> like, not in the way you think like I don't know I still exercise what I but like I'm lazy in terms of like I don't know what's the shortest path to get somewhere and the worst advice that you've ever received I don't know if this is the worst but uh 
when I decided not to go back to school and work full time at Drop, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people were like, that's dumb. You should just like finish your degree and go work for Facebook. And that person is unemployed right now that was telling me that. So like, <laughs> like, I don't know, all the advice I got was like, oh, you should finish your degree because your degree is important. And it's like, I don't want, need my degree. I'm just going to go work because like, I like working and I like, I don't know, I don't like being a broke student. So let me just go do this. And you so still yeah, got the work. degree. Yeah, I still got the degree. Uh, and I don't work at like a small startup anymore anyway. So like, whatever. <laughs> what do you call character this character arch has happened or character arc so my last question before we like wrap up the lightning round if you could describe yourself as a flavor what would it be birthday cake oh okay we'll go with that so thank you very much Vijay like this was a lot of fun and now to wrap up this episode we wanted to send you all off with a quote so I'd love for you to do the honors as the special guest to read it out uh, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Benjamin Franklin. If our listeners are interested in learning more about you, or you know, as you said, if they if you want if they wanted to hit you up for a referral from to help you get that referral bonus, or if they just wanted to connect with you, is there a way they could do that? Uh, I'm a ghost on social media, but I do have a website called wasteman.codes, but also doesn't have my contact info. But I guess if you subscribe to my newsletter, then you'll indirectly get my email when I send a newsletter. So that's the only way to contact me. <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll go with that thank you very much I had a lot of fun thanks for like elaborating on this stuff in a very like like I know like I said that like I find like techie people or like science people to be boring this was not at all boring so I appreciate that and I appreciate you hopping on here to talk with me and like share your story and your advice and your tips with me thank you for having me and listening to me rant about random stuff for an hour <laughs> That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.